0: Good morning and welcome. Uh, So if you read the board when you came in today, thank you for staying. Uh, You're probably looking at this like, oh, geez, here he goes again with his Greek. I didn't sign up for Greek class. Why are we talking about this? Actually, this is super, super important. I'm going to start to talk about this a little bit more. And no, you're not going to have to be an expert in Greek. Uh, I'm certainly no expert. Uh, I'll probably uh, be a student the rest of my life. The point here is this, that um, the authors of the New Testament wrote based on the language and culture of their day. And a lot of what they were trying to get across at the time is sometimes lost when we translate this into a different language. And, and, and I've made the point before that while translations can be imperfect in a certain sense um, because you lose certain discriminatory details, the big picture is still solid. And, and the New Testament in Greek uh, is, is, I feel, conceptually 100% carried over into the, into the English. However... There is some room for understanding exactly what's going on here and what the authors meant. So today, before we get into the Word of God in Hebrews 10, <clears throat> we're going to go through a little bit. You're like, a little bit. This is Greek 101. No, it's good. And there's a reason for this, I promise. I want you to just kind of focus on this for a minute and think about what I'm saying because it is super important when it comes to ideas like salvation of faith. Okay? The first thing is how Greeks communicated as far as the concept of action or verbs now uh, I also don't expect you to be you know an expert in English or in language I certainly am not <clears throat> I want you to think for a minute about verbs which are the word of action right in a language there's nouns that's things persons places and things and then there's action which is verbs okay so I want you to think for a minute about action for a Greek the kind of action was almost always more important than the time of action. What do I mean by that? I'm going to explain it. If I say time of action to you, you're probably thinking in your head something like this, past, present, and future. In English, this is what you focus on most of the time. When did an action happen? Did it happen in the past? Is it happening in the present? Or will it happen in the future? But you have to remember that when Greeks were thinking of time, and Greeks meaning people who wrote and read Greek and communicated in Greek, they often didn't care as much about this as they thought about the verbal aspect, which means what kind or quality of action was happening. What I mean by this is there's really only three kinds of action that happen for a verb. The first is this idea of an imperfect tense. So this is what we call this, imperfect, aorist, imperfect. An imperfect tense is the idea of an action that is continuing, okay? And I've written some examples here so you all understand exactly what I'm saying. This is imagine this is a timeline, okay? Start the stopwatch, this is the timeline. An imperfect tense is one that is continuing to happen. It can either be continuing in the present, it could be continuing in the past, or it could be continuing in the future. The point is that it is an ongoing action. I am running. (laughs) We already have one person that's out. She's like, I'm out. I I can't do this. We'll see. What's the over-under on 10 minutes? I am running. I am eating. You get this in your mind now, right? It's, it's, you're thinking about an action that is continuing to happen, right? Contrast that with what is called the aorist. In a sense, you know, an aorist is really the absence of saying when or how something happened. It's just saying it happened. But in general, Greeks tend to use it as kind of a past tense matter of fact. Point in time is kind of how they think of it. I ran. I ate. Okay? It doesn't really say anything about, is, you're, you're running now? You ran? You are running? It just says, I ran. I ate. Combine the two, and you get what's called the perfect tense. And this is something that's really foreign for English speakers, which it's super important for the New Testament. It's called the perfect tense. An action that has been perfected at some point in the past, An action happened and it is done but the effects of that action continue to bear fruit if you want to say that way into the present I have run think of it this way I have to exercise today all right and you go to your friend who also exercises and you both go to a gym and they ask you um, did you run today I have run today what does that tell you it tells you I already did the thing I was supposed to do, but guess what, it's continuing to pay benefits. I don't have to run anymore today. I I already ran, and I am now reaping the exercise benefits, if you want to say it that way. Eating, have you eaten today? I've eaten, I've eaten breakfast. What does that suggest to you? That means I ate, I'm full, I don't need to eat right now because I'm digesting my food.
1: You got up early enough
0: to do it. Yeah, well, that's (laughs) just it. There's also the future perfect, but we'll talk about that later. Think about this for just a minute. Perseverate on this. Think about what I'm trying to say here. Why does it matter? Here's the really important part. When you combine the two, it turns out, okay, Brian, you're so smart. Well, then what is the present tense? By definition, the present tense is imperfect. What do I mean by that? I mean, the present is always changing through time. We're always moving through time. It's not a fixed point. As soon as you do something in time, it's in the past. If you are doing something in the present, it is an ongoing action. Whatever moment I am living right now, whatever verb I'm doing is by definition imperfect. (coughs) Can you change the past? This is really big for theology, and we're gonna talk about this a little later. You do not have a time machine. God did not give you a time machine. He did not give Adam a time machine to go back and rip that apple out of Eve's hand to throw it on the ground, right? Or to take it out of his own mouth, because he was culpable. Can you change the future? And be careful about your answer here. Can you change the effective future today? Can I affect the future in 10 years today? Yes. You sure about that? I think
2: the only thing you can change is what
0: you're doing. Roger. Roger you do not have Roger you do not have a time machine meaning you cannot go backwards or forwards in time guess what you can plan to change the future I can say 10 years from now Brian Freeman is going to be slim and fit and have no gray hairs <laughs> be, be fabulously wealthy right and be president of the universe guess what though guess what Until you move forward in time 10 years and you are living in the moment 10 years from now, you have no effect on the future. You do not have a time machine. That's important too. That's important too. the choices that you make now,
1: it it affects the future.
0: It does affect the future, but remember, your choices are not your action, your verb, okay? Your verb is only the present. You can only affect the moment that you're living in at any given point in your life. You can only affect the present. Think about that for a minute, okay? Why do I care about this crap? (laughs) Because the vast majority of the time, a Greek New Testament author talks about faith and salvation or judgment and sin, it is written in the Greek present imperfect tense. Let me say that again. The vast majority of the time, a Greek New Testament writer is telling you about faith, having faith, about believing, and about salvation. It is written in the present imperfect tense. If you are believing that Jesus is the Son of God, you are being saved. If you are living and having a faithful obedience to Christ, you have a living salvation. This whole concept that Satan twists people, once saved, always saved, once sinned, always condemned, is bullcrap. It is BS. Because Satan knows he can twist truth. He can twist truth. Our current age is full of truth that is twisted, folks. Just look around you. Just look around you at truth that's being twisted. If you have and are living faithfully for Jesus, you are being saved. Full stop. Comments before I get any further.
1: So is that the, I'm perfect, <coughs> what you just said. Mm.
3: This is really
0: important in Hebrews. We're going to get into it. I'm going to actually pause that for just a minute because the perfect tense is super important in Hebrews 10 when it comes to what Jesus did for us and his sacrifice. Okay, I'll just give it away now. I'll just give it away now. Jesus died once and for all to save you from your sins. Jesus has sacrificed himself for you. That is perfect tense. So the perfect tense suggests what? Jesus has sacrificed himself. And thus, what does that suggest about the benefits of what his action was? They continue into the future. Jesus has given his life for you. Jesus has paid the price for sin. Once and for all has perfected the imperfect system of the Jewish law and thus you and all of us now reap the benefits of that action having been done once and for all in the past and yet paying benefits to the future.
1: But well, wouldn't that arrow also go to the past of the Genesis 3.15? That
0: that's a different lecture. Okay. That's a different lecture. But
1: if that's uh, in the perfect tense and be Jesus who he is. We did
0: I love you, Dan. You, you ask really good questions, a lot of us think. I, I don't want to take us off track, though. Okay. So we'll talk about that later. Special <laughs> if the Bible yeah. isn't full of special cases, I don't know what is. Uh, right? So I don't want to go any further until, until we understand at least what I'm trying to say here. You may not agree with it. You may say this is complete crap, Brian. I just want to make sure you understand what I'm trying to say. We good? Yeah.
2: So one thing came to my mind is back in Hebrews 4, talks about that word of God
0: is active and living. So it's the perfect, but the word is That's weird word. Ah, but active and living. Remember, too. And, and this is the problem, because when you read your English text, you don't know if I'm reading an imperfective state, a perfective state, or an, or an active error state or something like that. And I get it. You, what you've got to do is rely on the people who translated your Bible if they got it. And if they have translated it, what I would say accurately into the English, in some cases they do and some they don't. The New American Standard Bible, if you want my opinion, tries as hard as it can to replicate the the verbal aspect of Greek into, into English. So if you have a translation of your Bible you enjoy reading, keep using it. I prefer the ESV from time to time. Um, I have an NIV. But when I do my Greek, I almost always use the New American Standard Bible as my reference in English. Well, why I do that is because they're really good about pointing out what is as close to the literal translation as they can get to what the Greek is trying to say. And often, if because Greek doesn't often duplicate words over and over like English does, it kind of just assumes you know what it's talking about. The NASB will make a note that if a word doesn't actually literally appear in Greek, it'll italicize it, meaning it's implied, and a Greek would know what it meant, but it didn't actually say that word. So I'm just saying, just consider that as a reference if you ever have a question about something like, what is the the text really trying to say? Just keep that in mind. Any
4: other? Where does I will run or I will be?
0: Okay, that's the future. Okay, so this gets at now time of action. So time plus the verbal aspect gives you the complete meaning of the verb. So there is a past perfect. There is a past imperfect. There is a future perfect, which is rarely used in the New Testament. There is a future. The future tends to be aorist by definition. I will run. I will eat. I'm not saying anything more about that. Were you asking questions? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I
5: was just giving them, the catching them up. With
0: well, you know, it's a lot to cover in you know 15 minutes. It might take uh, 30 more, right? So, I the, the questions you're now thinking in your head. I want you to start thinking about those, and you probably have a lot. And we can get through it. Let's be patient because I got a lot to get through today. This won't be the only day we talk about this. I'll I'll talk about this more and more as we go. If you can anchor yourself in what the language is actually trying to say here. And forget the word Greek, okay? Forget that it's Greek and that it's somehow better than English. It's not. What is the author trying to say? What is the author trying to say? If you can remember these aspects of action, because folks, faith and salvation are active concepts. They are not nouns. (laughs) They are verbs. And the more you can remember this, the better. Okay, we good? At least for the moment I know right that's how it works I expected that that's why if I say it ten times maybe even I'll get it okay let's read Hebrews 10 and I want you to think about this as we go now I would like the the volunteer who does this today to read it carefully and as you're going if you're following in your text or you're listening to the to the um, uh, to the reader think about very carefully what the author is trying to say here in terms of verbal aspect is the author saying something an ongoing action is the author saying something that seems to be a past action that's complete and and again folks there is a past it's called (laughs) plurperfect it's the idea that there was an action that was completed in the past but its benefits also ceased in the past the law was beneficial. The law was beneficial. That is a plural perfect concept. The idea that at some point in the past, the Sinai law given to Moses happened. It had an ongoing action that was beneficial. And I'll write it right here, plural or plus perfect. <coughs> at some point, it stopped being <coughs> beneficial. And you can even think of like eating is one of those. I had eaten. I had run. I had followed the law. Had. At some point, even that ends, right? At some point, you're going to get hungry again. At some point, you're going to get out of shape again. At some point, the law stopped being important. So think about this as we're reading the text very carefully. Think about all the ideas. What is the author trying to say? What is going on in the church in the first century as you read this? Because there is a lot of clues, especially in the second half. And I'd probably just have you read the entire thing. The second half, the call to persevere, if you want to say it that way. What is going on in the church in the first century that this author is writing this about? Because there must be some important things or they wouldn't write about it. Okay? Who would like to volunteer to read this for me? Thank you, Mary.
6: The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, they would not have stopped being offered. For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for a while once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins therefore when Christ came into the world he said sacrifice and offering you did not desire but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will we have been made holy through sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time sacrifice for sins... He sat down at the right hand of God and since, that, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them in their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened to us, through the curtain, that is, through his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hopes we profess for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, No sacrifice for sin is left, but only fearful expectation of judgment and of the raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled on the Son of God underfoot? who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Other times you stood by with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. Confidence; It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved.
0: By the way, Mary, that was the most excellent reading uh, that this class, uh, no offense to the others, that was, that was pitch perfect, thank you. It makes a whole lot of difference, doesn't it? When you're now thinking, what is the kind of action that they're talking about? Maybe it started to jump out at you. Even in the English that Mary was reading here, I could hear it. I could hear it in her translation. And what version do you have? I
7: think it's in an MIB.
0: Okay, it seemed very similar to mine, so. What is your comments here? Think about it. First maybe what are the main issues that seem to be covered by Hebrews 10?
4: The law is no good anymore. The
1: law. But it still, use. Okay, it still use. it's not good.
0: Anymore. Maybe focusing on
5: the aspect of the law regarding sacrifices like the old sacrifices were <coughs> not as good as Jesus' sacrifice.
0: Practices.
5: Um, um. <clears throat> Basically, but they're kind of useless because it said they can't save you from sins, but Jesus did it. Okay? They don't take away sin. Can't It's
0: okay. imperfect. Graph. They don't permanently take away sin. Well, they pointed Jesus. Okay. Okay. What else?
7: Once you've received salvation from Jesus, why would you want to go back to the law? <laughs> the law don't save. <laughs> I
0: but think that's the point they're trying to, to make. To yep. <laughs>
1: to Hebrews.
0: <clears throat> why go back to the old <clears throat> broken system? <laughs> And that's where you put the the question mark and the exclamation point.
4: It also tells us, since we've been saved, now we
1: do good, love, live that out, do Jesus' stuff.
7: Jesus came to fulfill the law. Reflect. He said so
4: salvation and, and not only not only go do it but encourage others
0: to do it mm, the truth. <laughs> encourage others
3: it also talks about okay. um, tromping on the blood of Jesus that just because he was the ultimate sacrifice it's not a once and done thing
0: Jesus was this is really important um the empirical evidence for that statement is, <clears throat> so do not throw your confidence, it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done, when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised. The present tense is continue being faithful to God through your belief in Jesus as the son of God. And if you continue believing and being faithful at some point in the future you will be rewarded. Not exactly what Lori is saying here. I'm good. I did it once. That is not what is being said here. One and done. It's not being said here. So agree. So that
4: that reward I think we have a tendency to say that's when I die, right? I believe that that reward happens along the way as well.
0: What evidence would you say, Ken, from the New Testament that supports that?
4: And you don't have to cite a specific verse. Tell me my, patterns. I was thinking about for my own life. Okay. I mean, I get to breathe,
3: I, I have breath again still.
0: Okay. So, you can say it from your experience. Mm-hmm. Okay?
3: I think the fruit of the Spirit is part of the blessing that comes for people, you know, throughout their faith. You know, having, having peace and love and kindness in their life is part of the blessing, not just after we die and going to heaven, but having, you know, that peace that comes with knowing that God is behind the scenes fixing things, that, you know, even when they go very south.
0: You're all making a comment which is exactly right. Your personal experience is telling you that this salvation, the the fruit or benefits of salvation, you are continuing to experience in the present. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? That something in the past happened and its its effects Mm -hmm. are continuing to be present. It turns out, you're not wrong. It turns out every time Jesus spoke to his followers, he said what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has
7: come.
0: That is the perfect tense. The kingdom of God has come. What does that mean? It's already here. And guess what? You are continuing to feel the effects of that having happened. The kingdom of God has come. This is completely lost in the English. Jesus came to announce the inbreaking of the kingdom of God on the present age the present age. Brian, why are you shaking your fist? Because this is so important. Because this is so important. The kingdom of God isn't coming. The kingdom of God didn't come in the past at some point and that's all good. It happened. The kingdom of God has come. It's here and its effects are being felt. It is. It is being felt. Yeah. Awesome. What else? What other takeaways from this? There's a lot. We can get through it, but
1: So in our witnessing we need to verify that we're using present tense, future tense in our description or?
6: I come from a Methodist denominational background and in Methodism Mm -hmm. the idea is that you're saved once, but the rest of your life is involved in sanctification, mm-hmm. which is the ongoing work of saving in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea, but it's just a different denominational take on it.
0: This is why it's really important. <laughs> so funny story, my grandma was free Methodist because she didn't like to be told what to do. Uh, <laughs> she broke away from the Methodist church. She's like, I don't, I don't want to follow that. Um, and, and bless her heart. And I think she, she was right to a certain degree. We all, and this is, gets a dance thing too, first of all, we have to overcome our own bias based on our upbringing and our, and our preconceptions. I was brought up in a, in a denomination. It said certain things. People believed very strongly, certain, and were very convicted by what they thought was true about the word of God. Once you get past your preconceptions and biases of what you think is true, the only way to get past that is to read what is actually true. What empirically, meaning through observation and measurement, can you say conclusively about what the Word of God is actually saying? Once you get to that point, you can make your own judgment call. Then and only then can you tell others about it. And the only way you're going to tell others is to present empirically the truth that is the Word of God, not your beliefs, not your biases, not your hopes. Hope is a powerful thing that can lead you astray as well as to truth. What is it actually saying? Text is saying the actions that Jesus did are in the past, they happened in the past, they continue to pay benefits. To the present and the future they will continue paying in a sense Mary is not wrong Jesus died and sacrificed himself once and for all in fact the perfect tense is actually said it is a perfect sacrifice it has it has he made it holy he has made it holy so in a way she's right but you as a believer Although he has perfected the path to salvation, the Greek is very clear here. If you are living in your faith and actively believing that Jesus is who he says he is and are being obedient to the word of God, you are being saved. That's the New Testament. Well,
1: Paul phrases, I am saved, I'm
0: being saved, and I will be saved. And he knew Greek, great! He knew exactly, and his audience would have known exactly what he's saying there. I love that, thank you, sir.
1: Well, I think it's pretty different verses, but I don't know which ones. The Bible says,
7: endure to the end and you will be saved. If I remember correctly.
0: It just said it here. Continue mm-hmm. to endure persevere. To end,
7: you will be saved.
0: Continue to persevere and you will be richly rewarded, and you will be rewarded now. Huh? Kingdom of God has come. You're, you're absolutely right. If anyone says empirically that the text is saying, you have to continue to persevere, you're right, because that's what it says. Continue to persevere, not one and done. What else?
7: So look at people away.
0: If you are falling away, you will face judgment. <coughs> Same thing, if you are continuing to sin and continuing to reject God, you will be judged. It goes both ways, both contingent on the present. And again, if you wanna think of it this way, the imperfect is the, is the language of patterns. The aorist is the language of a single act. This is the one we all wanna to run to because this is the English. We don't know what the imperfect means in English. We, the aorist is all that we know in English. Something happens. Something happens. So we get so caught up in one and done. I got baptized. I'm saved the rest of my life. I'm good. I got baptized, and then I said the F word. I'm going to hell. First of all, we could talk about that all day long, because that's crap too. I rejected God. I called God an a-hole, and I told him I hated him, and I didn't believe in him. Now I'm going to hell. Well, you did or you are? He's a good dad, though. Thank God for that.
1: Yeah. He will punish us for our mistakes.
0: Angela, did you have a question? You
1: know,
5: it's actually right along that same line, so I was just going to talk about that, the whole section on, you know, if we deliberately keep on sinning uh, after we receive the knowledge, no sacrifice for sins is lost. So that's just kind of what you just were talking about. We're continuing to sin.
0: so easy for us. He's yeah.
5: A good picture there. Because like then in 27, they tell you there's nothing left but fear in waiting for the judgment and the terrible fire that will destroy all those who live in the sky. So like the author is telling them, if you decide to keep, like you haven't just made one decision, bad decision, but you continue to keep the mm-hmm. bad decision, then they tell, like they have a good picture of like, mm-hmm. this is what it looks like to reject, you know,
0: the glorious God that you started following. This is it. It's all about the here, the here, and now. You remember at the very beginning, I said, how many of you have a time machine that can go back and fix your past mistakes?
7: Yeah.
0: Well, you don't. You have Jesus, right? If God intended for you to go back in time and fix everything, you would have had a time machine, right? If he had... If he had the belief that you need to be able to control your future as well, he would have given you the same time machine. Marty McFly could go back and forward in time. I'm going to go forward 10 years and make sure that I'm, you know, being a good person or whatever. There are no time machines.
1: Yeah, but Jesus is enough.
0: Jesus is your DeLorean. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? (laughs) I don't want to say it that way. (laughs) (laughs) 1.21 gigawatts. He's the He's the flux capacitor. Which if you're a scientist, you know that that's an oxymoron. Flux is a continuing process through a capacitor that stores energy, it's, anyway. Uh, (laughs) Salvation is all about the here and now. People have come to me and said, well, Eldership is a good example. Well, that person in the past did X, Y, and Z. Yeah, in the past they did. What kind of person are they in the present? Well, they're not that person they were in the past. They're absolutely qualified for eldership. What about um, My kids that have done all of this stuff when they were young and now as adults They're going to church, but I think all those things that they did condemn them. It goes the other way too. My kid was christened when they were a year old (laughs) Infant baptism which is ludicrous in itself and unbiblical. My kids got baptized when they were one. They're good. They can live their life. They're going to, they're going to heaven. Eh, that's not what the New Testament says. Salvation well, is about the here and now. Say it again.
1: They get excited when you bring the book up. What the book says.
0: Mm. If they know it. Well, they don't. But they assume Salvation is all about the here and now. If you have a living faith and are believing, are believing in Jesus and being obedient, you are being saved. That is the only statement conclusively, full stop, you can make about salvation in the New Testament. Any other statements are hogwash?
3: I think that the reverse, I've heard um, people use this scripture to scare people into believing they can lose their salvation permanently by walking on the blood of Jesus. I actually went to a church that used fear a lot. And instead of it being an action that, you know, is const- that we're constantly yeah. in, they made it seem like if you make a mistake after you're baptized, you could, you know, you were doomed to go to hell because now mm-hmm. you've walked on the blood of Jesus. And they really and now, pushed Lori, it the other way. Guess
0: what? You know what to say to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to say to them.
8: It's important to point out, I think, the distinction between salvation through good works yes i mean you know what you're getting at isn't that you are you saved and then you have to have all these good works to continue yep. to be saved mm-hmm. the good works are just a product mm-hmm. of you being saved it's a this product is
4: exactly it transformation
8: yep. <clears throat> um, it's not that you won't yep. make a mistake and that you won't sin <clears throat> again it's that you have the blood of christ that covers you and makes that sacrifice for you when you do I think it's a blatant disregard and turning away from that. That's when you lose right. it. And you, and you, you look at completely. the whole purpose of the Book of Hebrews. It's being written to Jews who are looking at going back to Judaism, and yep. the author is saying, "You idiots, don't do this." You, when, and when you do, or if you do, you're trampling on the sacrifice that Jesus has made—the perfect. Sacrifice. You
0: just said the active voice of that verb. What you're trampled? Who trampled? Trampoling. Trampling. It's the present. If you are trampling. On the word of God and rejecting Jesus, you are condemned. <laughs> Guess what? The next moment in my life, 10 minutes from now, I may suddenly realize, oh crap, I was wrong. I do believe. I am believing. Guess what? In that moment, I am believing. I am being saved. You are not one and done condemned. Uh,
5: I like what Dan said in his sermon when he was talking last week about... You know, you can lose your yep. salvation. And he was like, doesn't like the word lose because it isn't like, Oh, where's my shoe? I can't find it anymore. <laughs> like it's not something like I did it on is. purpose. It's just like, oh no, I can't I find this. my shoe. It's like, no, we didn't lose it's not like it just is something that has happened to us. It's something that we are actively doing yeah. in order to like we've chosen to give it up. It's <laughs> not like we lost it somewhere. I love Moses shoe. asked
6: God who was talking and God said, I am.
0: Oh, yes! I love you, Mary. I love you. This is exactly it. I was. I will be. I am. His name is I am being. That is exa- I never thought of that before. You're right.
1: It's
0: I be. I be. I be.
1: I am. Shouldn't the uh, present day for the book, shouldn't that be Christians? Ten? Because it's, it's written... To the Hebrews, but today we're Christians, it's like just today.
0: I'll scratch it out. Okay. <laughs> as
5: long
0: as Paul minds, doesn't mind. Yeah. What, other, what other thoughts do we have here? What, what do you think is going on? I want to kind of focus last uh, part of this on what is happening in the church in the first century. Because basically... The call to continue to persevere? Well, there's a reason why the authors said that. Starting at verse 19 to the end, what is going on in the church of the first century? And how is that applicable to today?
3: Sounds like a lot of persecution.
0: Yep.
2: And Jesus hasn't come back yet.
0: Yep.
5: I well, think even sadder that they, it says that they started out like they hadn't suffered, but they lived through it and they were still faithful. And then, yeah, maybe because Jesus hasn't come yeah. back, then now they're starting to. But I mean, they their <laughs> property taken away from them. And it's a property confiscated. When their property was confiscated and they were jailed.
0: You think they were jailed? Yep. What else? You think this is all in the first century and it doesn't happen anymore, folks? Just okay. yeah.
1: Well, this, um, John talks about the seven churches in the book of Revelation. It's still applying today. Yeah. There's, there, and it's also our seven mm. situations in our lives that yeah. we go through.
0: Yep.
8: Yep.
1: And yeah, we start to doubt, maybe. Mm-hmm. I got a question.
0: Yes. Do
7: you think when, when Paul told Timothy, Stand firm and because people from the church would come in and be the opposite. Do you think that's still happening today? What do you think? Yeah. I'm thinking now maybe.
0: (laughs) I think so. I think so.
3: I think that some of that is why we have so many denominations. It's easier to just chip away a little Mm -hmm. at truth and then change it a little here and a little there and the further you the further you
0: go out, the more you get separated. Yeah. Little by little. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who noticed verse twenty-five? What does verse twenty-five say? <clears throat> what? Does that happen today?
5: <laughs>
0: no. It doesn't matter if we have You know, a few a few incidents or crises in the world. Christians will continue to meet no matter what. I know they will. Serious ones.
3: Maybe (laughs) not. How much do church being put in lockdown with the sheriff standing there, kicking them out of the church? Even if they're trying to meet, they're not necessarily getting to in our current. Didn't need a sheriff in Ontario, right? Yeah.
0: Didn't need a sheriff. There are there make no mistake. Absolutely in the name of public good. <clears throat> Clear persecution of the church today, but it doesn't take a sheriff. Doesn't take a sheriff. How many people came back to pathway? Well, you all get gold stars. <laughs>
5: well, just here. How many faces any, have you seen? Any church.
0: I was standing in line at, uh, at uh, Smokey D's uh, a couple weeks ago to meet Dan actually for lunch. And a Catholic priest was behind me, and he was talking to his buddy from another church. I was listening to the conversation. They were talking to each other. Well, how many people have you lost who never came back? The Catholic priest said, um, we used to have an attendance of, of I don't know, five or 600 people a week. We are having an attendance of 40 people a week now. 40 a week. Let us not give up on meeting together, <laughs> as some are in the habit of doing.
2: Well, yes and no, but I think those forty, maybe that's the faithful, and we have to go through that. The chap that left is—we have to remember that God is still sovereign, regardless of what we go through. And sometimes it's it's difficult not to look at the people that are not no longer here and, and take that personally and say, doggone it! You know what happened? We were so vibrant, and maybe we weren't." Maybe we just had
0: the numbers. You know, people say all the time, oh, well, America has been a great Christian nation. Has it? Has it? Has it? I will, I will say, my own personal view is, America probably has a greater proportion of truly living, faithful people in its past than many other nations have had. And because of peer pressure and culture, many other people who had no interest in being Christians went along with it. Now you're seeing what happens when you don't have to go along with it anymore.
2: They have an excuse now. I like, I don't know, I do it because you guys decided not to meet or wear a mask or decided to stay home because of COVID or whatever. They have that excuse now.
3: And I think when you look at the Bible, the, when they talk about the seeds falling on different types of ground, and they talk about the, you know, the... The thorny vines that grow in, in the church. If you put those two together, I honestly think this was almost like a self-weeding and getting rid of some of the ones that weren't going to... I mean, they wouldn't have stayed either way. What were the
0: What were the weeds? What was the analogy of the weeds?
2: Choked out the choked,
3: uh, plants. Yeah.
0: The, the cares of the world and anxieties choked out mm-hmm. the plants. Just like what Roger was saying.
5: Well, that goes with the second half of verse 25 mm-hmm. the reason why you should not give up meeting together is because you should meet together and encourage each other yeah. because the cares of the world Yeah.
0: like God I don't know about you guys they
5: wear us down oh. like COVID wore us down and guess what we need to meet together so we can encourage each other with the love of Jesus and maybe so that gripe we can keep going bit. for the rest of the week
4: maybe gripe a little bit about the cares of the world
0: you, you know you're in the family you're in the company of family folks you, you can be yourself. You can be authentic here. Look, I don't know about you. you got two options. I can look on Katie. social media. <laughs>
8: <Beautiful>. Not <really. laughs>
0: Well, we'll do it after class. Uh, <clears throat> you can look at the cares of the world on social media. Or you can come talk to your Christian brothers and sisters. Which one's going to give you more hope? <laughs> you mean we don't meet for the ritual experience and
8: all the uh, liturgies? and We come for the donuts? <laughs> no, it's, it's but the, doesn't
7: Satan Satan tries to find where you're weak? Yeah. and picks you off. That's and it. And he can pick you off easier yep. when you're by yourself yes. than when you're together. Okay. Tim Hall.
5: Yeah, you know the online stuff. It's a great. It it can be a a good alternative. Like if you can't, you know, it allows you to hear it. But it should not be a regular way of getting <clears throat> the word and meeting with people and. Um, yeah. So, because because you miss that, you miss the personal side mm-hmm. of it, and you miss the encouragement, and you miss relationships.
0: And My grandma used to watch a show on Sunday morning called Day of Discovery. Now, she also was a diehard Christian. She went to church every day, but in mm-hmm. addition to that, before church, she watched Day of Discovery. And when I was a kid, I would watch this show. And there were others like it on Sundays. It's almost you know impossible to find one now, but it used to be on network television. You would have a variety of Christian programming on Sunday morning. And I remember as a kid watching that thinking, this is a whole church service on TV. I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to interact. I, don't ha- I can't ask questions. I can't sing. They would sing. I would go to church with my grandma an hour later and I would think, I can sing. And I can go talk to my friends in Sunday school. And I can read the Bible. Folks, you can't function as a living brother or sister in Christ, passively. It's not a show.
4: One, one of the things I missed the most in, of the past year here in church is hot breakfast. Mm. And the reason I like hot breakfast, not because I like Casey's Pizza or whatever, it's, it was when Sue Olson would bring in her casserole dish and she would set it down. And there would be a story. There was a, oh, this is the first time I made it. I hope it turns out well. Or, you know, this has green peppers in it. I hope people like green peppers. Okay, you know, there was—that's what I loved about it. Was it was a there's this personalization of it that, I mean, it's the simplest thing. You know, yes, I can bring in the donuts and we go. Yeah, which one do you want? But when the when somebody's actually serving and doing something because of the love of me, because they love me, because they love you, that's what—that's what we do here. Yeah, we get a good lesson, and we go sing, and we do this and that, but <clears throat> what we do is we see each other. These are our friends. These are, this is our family. These are our people.
0: There was a plague in around the 5th, 6th century AD, the Plague of Justinian. Go look it up if you want to. Plague of Justinian. Justinian was the Roman emperor of the time, <clears throat> Eastern Roman emperor of the time, during that plague, about a half of the a quarter to a half of the entire population of the Mediterranean died. It turns out, through the amazing science of DNA sequencing, mass graves created at the time of the Plague of Justinian were unearthed, and the tooth pulp of those victims were sequenced. And the pathogen that was identified was Yersinia pestis. What is Yersinia pestis? The bubonic plague. Almost a half of the entire population of the Mediterranean died. It was a good thing that Christians stopped meeting. I'm kidding. They didn't stop meeting. Guess what Christians did? They kept meeting. They founded hospitals. So they, they, founded hospitals. they were the only people who would go take care of the sick and dying. They were the only people. Guess what? The pagan Romans of the time were so... And there were pagans. Don't, don't get me wrong. Rome was Christian by that time. It, it was largely still pagan. Hated the Christians. They were trying to enact a variety of social measures to, to get people kind of hooked on the state. Bread and circuses. They were ticked. Those Christians are making us look bad. Writing of the period... Shows the pagan Roman rulers of the time were so incensed that the Christians were going out and helping the sick. They were imprisoned, tortured, and murdered for helping the sick. And and they were the only people that would do it. And they were making the Romans look bad. The plague of Justinian is credited with Christians spreading out into Europe and essentially Christianizing the barbarians of Eastern and Western Europe. What does that tell you? (laughs) When something is facing the church, should we all just listen to the government and go home and not talk to each other? (laughs) This is not a political speech, by the way. This is history. The rapid growth of Christianity throughout Eastern and Western Europe is largely due to. There was a church, I don't know where it was during the
7: COVID thing last year. About this time of year, I think that's last year, and they locked the door and they had services. Come in there, that yeah. they couldn't get in. They had locked the door and they had to service anyway.
0: It's very easy, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this political because ten years from now it's gonna be something else, mm-hmm. some other public crisis. That oh, we have this terrible public crisis, and just listen. As long as the Christians don't meet, we're okay. But if they do, burn them to the ground. It's going to happen again. It won't be a virus. It'll be something else. It's going to happen again. Guess what? How many of us in this room are going to die? (laughs) Woo! Everyone on earth. Guess what? Hey, does death run in your family? As a matter of fact, it does. 100% of the people of my descendants have all died. You are going to die. Do you want to die before you're dead? Or do you want to live? Because the gospel brings life. You got it. This is your action item for the week in a loving way and compassionate way think about for yourself and others how can I show people that the gospel is life it's life and you can live until the day your heart stops beating but guess what what happens after your heart stops beating if you have been believing in Jesus
8: Keep living. It kind of, that whole thing kind of tells me that maybe if we were doing what we were supposed to be doing, we wouldn't have to encounter all these calamities and persecutions and and things that the Lord has used to yeah. make the church grow. If we were already out there doing it, maybe we wouldn't have to suffer so much.
2: I don't know. Well, I think, I think it's a matter of perspective as well. Regardless, It's not situational. Regardless of what our current situation is, if we're in poverty or riches, God is still sovereign, and we can use that regardless of where we are in that spectrum. And whatever you want on, on the outside, you know, how can you, like, look at Job? You've lost everything. How can you still maintain your faith in God? It's, it's where else can I go?
0: It's like when Jesus just appears in the room.
7: <laughs> I'll wiggle <go> that. Far.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.